Welcome to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is Ashlyn Phelps, and I am the communications coordinator for High Point Church. We're currently going through the book of Ephesians, so to help digest what we've been hearing on Sunday mornings, we've created this Chewing on Ephesians podcast series. This month, you're going to hear from John Sekutowski, our director of kids' ministries, and Tim Check, our pastoral fellow, as they discuss the sermons from the month of August. If you have any questions on what you hear today, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Quit podcast. My name is John Sikotowski. I'm the director of Kids Ministries here at High Point Church, and I am joined in the booth, aka Cry Room, with... I'm Tim Check, the pastoral fellow here at High Point. Yes, and we are in our August um, episode of Chewing on Ephesians. Throughout this mini-series within the Engage and Equip podcast, we've been going through the sermons from the past month, diving deeper into them, discussing things that have impacted our lives, and just generally being reminded of the things that we've been going through together as a church. One of the things that Nick has been talking about a lot in the past probably year plus is that we don't own anything we don't master. And so part of the vision of why we're diving deeper into these episodes where we're chewing on the different sermons that we've gone through is to hopefully get one step closer towards mastery of the kinds of things that are being brought up in the sermons and that are a part of the the life of our church right now as we're going through the series. So what we're going to do mm-hmm. is we're just going to briefly cover the different sermons that were in the month of August, the ones that were related to Ephesians, so not this most recent week when Nate Merzo was talking about missions, um, but we'll cover the Ephesians one, the brief overlook of those, and then we'll go through one by one, kind of taking it one step deeper into what are the different ways that they affected Tim and I as we were listening to them, reflecting on them, and just in general in this past month. So, mm-hmm. sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it. Great. Tim, you want to give us the, the brief outline of our sermons in the past month? Absolutely. Cool. Nick started on August 4th with Ephesians 4, specifically verses 14 through 16. And his main points there were that God wants us to build ourselves up as the church and that he has specifically given us leaders to equip the saints, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, mm-hmm. and preachers, uh, all given to the church to equip the church mm-hmm. for the fullness. Um, on the 11th, Lloyd brought us the message about Ephesians 4, 17 through 21. He talked about the differences between the futility of the unregenerate mind versus the promise of the regenerate mind. Mm-hmm. The futility of the unregenerate mind, just full of lots of nasty things, and the promise of the regenerate <laughs> mind, um, full of God's goodness and yep. God's truth making sense, and a whole host of applications mm-hmm. uh, regarding that. Mm-hmm. And then finally, on August 18th, Nick brought the message, jumping ahead to Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 22. Yeah, with, this is the message with eight takeaways. Yes, maybe nine actually, <laughs> yeah. but who's to say? And Nick, yeah, just dove into you know God building the body of Christ with people mm-hmm. and a host of applications centered around prayer, around giving and receiving leaders, giving generously to the local church, etc. And yeah, that brings us to today and this podcast here where we get to dive in deeper to each of those. Cool. 
So let's start with um, the first one you covered. So Nick talking about Ephesians 4, uh, 1 through 16 was read, and then 14 through 16 was where he ended up dwelling during most of that. So what were... Um, yeah, what were parts of the of the sermon or the text that really stuck out to you? Yeah. The first point that Nick made that God wants us to build ourselves up mm-hmm. uh, really stuck out to me. Uh, I've, I find it fascinating how God has designed the church, not only to be his vessel uh, in the world, but mm-hmm. specifically the members of the church work best in community together. Mm-hmm. We're designed to be together. Yeah. And... We actually become ourselves together is the yeah. language that Nick used. Yeah. And yeah, it's just incredible how God has gifted each of us with each other. Mm-hmm. And we are only the fullness of Christ when we are when we are together. Yeah, I still, yeah, I love this. And I, I don't know, I thought it was really interesting when we were reading through the passage. And mm-hmm. in the passage, it's in... Oh, gosh. Now I need to find it quickly. Um, Yeah. Ephesians 4.16. For whom Christ, the whole body, being uh, fitted and held together through every ligament of provision, according to the working power in the measure of each individual part, makes the body grow, building up itself in love. Which is... So that was the the NI or Nick's literal translation of the Greek from that passage. But... um, the idea of the body building itself up in love is mm. something that I like just don't really hear ever, you yeah. know? And I still remember, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm very thankful for in the culture of high point is I remember a couple years ago, the first time that I was first introduced to this idea in a sermon that Nick gave when he was talking about how God provides spiritual substance, but then he demands that we, do the things that will make us spiritually substantive. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I still remember it. This is like a two and a half, three years ago that he, he gave the sermon. And I still remember just walking out of the sanctuary being like, Oh my goodness. Like this is, <laughs> this is the thing, you know, like this, I, is it. this is it. Like this is, this is what it means to grow in godliness is to be given everything by God. And then God asking us to use that to, to build ourselves up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that always sticks out to me. And I think, I think that especially is, Man, I mean, if our church could master, if we could master that, mm-hmm. you know, like. Right. And this speaks so well to the the theme of the dividing wall of hostility that we've mm-hmm. been going through yeah. in all of Ephesians, that only, this is only possible when we recognize those dividing walls, when we seek God's help in overcoming them, and when we smash them down in mm-hmm. the giving of testimonies and reaching out to others and taking people out to lunch even. Uh, yeah. whatever it takes to build up the body of Christ from within. Mm-hmm. Yes. Any other things from that sermon that stuck out to you? God has gifted us in awesome ways. And um, as Nick said, the the list of, of the apostles and the prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers, they're designed to be itinerant people in general. And we have a culture mm-hmm. of celebrity pastors and celebrity ministry leaders. And sometimes sometimes that can do amazing things, but other times they their followers can become too dependent on them. Yeah. And 
that may not entirely be the New Testament model that Paul is trying to set up here, that one congregation has one set of pastors, but that these leaders are supposed to enrich the body of Christ in the entire area, which I think that was a, that was a new, a new idea for me. And one that is, is encouraging to see how Paul thought about the local church in his context, but Mm -hmm. also how it can really apply to us to, to make the body in the, the entire region, a healthy body and not just here at High Point. Right. Yeah, that what matters is the church in Madison. Right. Not mm-hmm. what matters is the church at High Point Church. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that should we should we five years down the road double in size, but the church in Madison generally is Dwindled. cut in half. Like, yeah. That, that is not awful. a win. Yes. That is not a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's convicting then to, to be forced to think about, yeah, okay, how can I, think wider than just what's right in front of me in this building, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Anything else in that sermon that no, sticks out to you? Or? Let's move to the, the next one here. Cool. So the second one was Lloyd talking about the, um, the futility of the unregenerate mind versus the promise of the regenerate mind. And he mm-hmm dove into in the futility of the unregenerate mind um six facets of that are mm-hmm. hardness darkness ignorance alienation sensuality and uncleanness and the ways he summarized those were hardness is that sense that god's truth doesn't move me darkness is um is avoiding the light of the truth because i don't want to feel guilt mm-hmm. um Ignorance was that I can still, I can know potentially, you know, 10,000 things and still be ignorant about why things are happening. Mm -hmm. Um, That God is the one who's behind them. Alienation, that hardness, darkness, and ignorance separate us from God. Um, Sensuality, that in that place, I will want to turn to many different things, um, many of the different pleasures of the world. And then uncleanness, Mm -hmm every kind of evil action that my heart turns towards. And that the, um, so the futility of the unregenerate mind is those things. But then the, um, the regenerate mind, Lloyd contrasts that by saying, right, Christ wants you to change your mind. Right. And the promises of the regenerate mind um, is that you will be able to hear and understand. God's truth will make sense to you. And you'll become a lifelong learner as you turn to him and trust him and grow deeper in him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the part that jumped out to me in that was in the promise of the regenerate mind, God's truth really resonating with the human spirit and Mm. how, you know, many people across history have read scripture Mm -hmm. and obviously more so since the Bible has been available, but have heard the words of God in one way, shape or form, but only in the power of the spirit, are we able to really comprehend what it means and how it actually affects our lives? And mm-hmm. there've, there've been times when I was younger where I would read scripture and it was like reading another textbook Yeah. where as more recently as the spirit has been able to work in me powerfully, that 
it just makes so much more sense. And I'm able to see with clear vision the work of God mm-hmm. in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So after this sermon, I had not listened to it yet on Monday after the after the Sunday because I was doing some stuff with kids ministry on that particular Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in staff prayer, there were quite a few people who were who were telling Lloyd, Lloyd, like I felt so convicted by your sermon, and I was like, man, what's going, what's going on here, Lloyd? Bro- yeah, <laughs> Lloyd must have brought the heat. Yeah. Um, and I think the the application that Lloyd gave at the end of that was that seemed to really strike people was the application of being all in. So mm-hmm. we've, which we've talked about, obviously, like we've talked about that we need to be the kind of Christians who have one master, who aren't mm-hmm. serving both God and Mammon, but are just serving God. Um. But right, that application is is huge, and it's. I think it's helpful to see again and again and again that there will always be ways that we will be drawn to those six different things towards mm. hardness, ignorance, darkness, alienation, sensuality, uncleanness. That I will, like, in the parts of me that God is still taking dominion of, and that like, from the sermon previously, the ways that I'm still. Um, being like doing the work of building myself um, in the context of the community of the body of Christ. These different things are still being worked out. Mm-hmm. And as we're in that process, we need to be reminded that like you, you gotta be all in. You gotta go yeah, all in. You gotta be all in. And mm-hmm. um, that seemed to be something that was right. That was very striking to a lot of people in our yeah. church, which is, it's just helpful to hear, I think, that same message of we need to have one master. Hearing that same thing in many different ways is helpful because then it gets gets in deeper. Absolutely. Know? And yeah, a couple of Lloyd's further applications from that really resonated as well, especially when, when the spirit within us makes us really not want to do the evil that we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. And he he called us to train ourselves to follow mm-hmm. when we don't feel like it yeah. and when we don't fully understand it. And that covers a variety of circumstances, but getting down to what does God want for my life? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the best for my life as told by God? Mm-hmm. And, and how do I obedient to what he's called me to do even when i don't feel like it yeah. is crucial yeah. and and really life-changing in periods of hard times where we say i don't know what you're doing god and i can't even claim to guess but you do and i trust you and i'm gonna follow mm-hmm. yeah so let's turn to the final final sermon of this um of ephesians in the month of august mm-hmm. um yeah so the brief summary of that one is we went through ephesians chapter 6 verses 18 through 22 and covered the the takeaways that we got from that were one just pray two pray wider three pray for leaders um four receive second chair leaders five Share your best people and assets. Six, work especially across the dividing walls of hostility. Seven, give generously through the local church. 
And then eight, be bonded and gracious to everyone that loves Jesus with undying love. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's a, there's a ton in that one. And <laughs> I remember Nick made several jokes throughout of, okay, there's no way that we're going to get through all this stuff. But um, what were the things in this that stuck out to you? Yeah. First one, just pray. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. And yet it is so meaningful mm-hmm. and challenging because so often, I think Nick even said, you know, if, if you were to take a look at the prayer logs of each of our lives as mm-hmm. Christians, probably isn't where we'd like it to be or even where God would like it to be yeah. as far as our communication with him. But it's really an invitation to open ourselves up to God with all kinds of requests and all types of prayers, mm-hmm. um, not thinking that our prayers have to fit into some specific parameters or time of day or even only when we're alone with God, but we can do that throughout our day. We can do it as we're walking down the street or yeah. in the grocery store or, yeah. you know, about everything we see or just pray, you know, just do right. it. Right. Um, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, totally. I think something that was really helpful to, for me to hear was, right, Paul says this right after the section on um, Christian warfare and about putting on the the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And what was helpful for me was when is the way that Paul does kind of take it one step beyond just, oh, if you don't pray, you're a bad Christian. Right. But it's like, no, that isn't, I mean, that might be true because we're all bad Christians, but like, <laughs> I mean, you, right. You look at Jesus and you realize you're a terrible Christian. Um, but the point isn't to have, to be stuck with this vague idea of, oh, if I don't pray well, I'm a bad Christian. no, if you don't pray, it's just recognizing that you're not in a war. When And when he said that, that really struck me because mm-hmm. I think, right, I mean, consistent, longer times of prayer is something that I've struggled with and like been working on in the past couple months, specifically with a couple of guys who I'm accountable to that we've been, we made a, like a Google sheet document where we <laughs> mark down every, for each of us every day that we spend 15 minutes continuously in prayer. Mm-hmm. And like, that's been the thing that we've been trying to just hold each other accountable to, to, to build this discipline in our lives more. Um, that it's not just, you know, 30 second prayer, prayer here, 30 second prayer there. And that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helpful for me to realize, no, like my, what's behind that shouldn't just be, oh, you know, I'm bad if I'm not doing this. Right. But it should be, no, this is my activity in the war. Mm -hmm. And, um, right. That's a lot more motivating than just do this or else you're bad. Right. Absolutely. And our, our leaders in the war Mm -hmm. are so crucial and, yeah, Paul in this passage is asking for prayer for himself to mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel boldly and fearlessly. And that's always been a a motivating passage for me mm-hmm. as I strive to do the same. Uh, specifically, he talks about, or Nick talked about, how the darkness usually targets our spiritual leaders mm-hmm. to throw the rest of the body off course. And that seems very natural. Uh, but we especially need to pray for our leaders, especially for uh, fearlessness and proclaiming the gospel, and especially for courage as they 
whether they're getting up to teach or whether they're evangelizing or whether they're prophesying or whatever yeah. the case may be, yeah. that they have courage yeah. in this in this war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. I have felt very convicted in the past probably year of the just how much courage for the sake of love matters mm-hmm. that like everything we do takes courage that the moment i don't know that the moment you decide on a direction for anything it takes courage like mm-hmm. to make that decision makes courage because the moment you make that decision like now you have something that you're that you're setting up that like to a degree becomes a judge of you you know that you right. then the moment you decide where you're heading um you know if you're not heading that way and like that this is true for for so many parts of our life that like many of the decisions that we make can come down to a choice between embracing it with courage or stepping back with fear. And so Mm -hmm. man, if we pray for courage for our leaders and if they embrace their roles with courage, there is so much that's just going to get done. Absolutely. You know? Um, so I think that's so much power there. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's awesome. So we're coming up on 20 minutes here. Um, but any other quick takeaways from this sermon for you? Yeah. The other quick one was just giving generously through the local church mm-hmm. is convicting for both of us yeah. and w- something that, you know, we love to be generous in the body of Christ, but giving through the local church specifically helps us not only invest our, our energy more, but, but care about how the church is spending our money and, yeah and how the church is operating in right. the world, in right. the community. Right, yeah. If you want if you want people who are interested in budgets, if they give to the local church, they'll be interested. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah, both of us have felt convicted when we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but um, Nick mentioned that in the sermon, he was like, yeah, I've always tried to give 80% of what I give to the local church, and then the, mm-hmm. re- the remaining 20% would go to different you know, meeting needs or parachurch organizations, things like that. And as Tim and I were talking before the sermon, we were like, yep, that's currently the way our giving is set up is we're about the opposite of that is about 80% of what we're giving is outside of the local church. And right. How does that affect our investment in the local church? Mm -hmm. And how can we begin to shift towards no, like what I give determine really does drive what I value. Um, and then, yeah, I think another quick one for me is the embracing the dynamic of the big through the small that, um, right. I mean like the, he who is faithful with little will be entrusted with much Mm -hmm. and that it is, it is always about doing it better before doing it bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so doing what's in front of us and doing it right is more important than just trying to make it as big as we can. Right. So, Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Man. Yeah, it's right. It's good we only had to cover three sermons. Right. <laughs> We're out of time. Out of time. Yeah. So, um, thanks, guys, for listening to the Engage Equip podcast. Hopefully, yes. this is helpful to you as you um, are processing through these more. And yeah, the big takeaway here is continue to wrestle with this stuff mm-hmm. because truly, like, the only things that we own are the things we master. And so, it's important to, we need to hear these things enough times that we get bored of them right. before they'll start to really be recalled in the everyday moments of our lives and so the times that matter Mm -hmm. thanks guys thanks john
for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.